into the contest. It is Wednesday the 19th of May. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee, who is on a, a fitness regime at the moment. Uh, how are the star jumps and the burpees going, Shane? Uh, not that great today, mate. I can hardly walk. <laughs> I can't move my arms. I can't even, I can't even lift my arms to, uh, you know, to uh, scratch my head, mate. So... It's a process, Tim, but I'm getting there, I think. You paused when you said scratch your head. Did you said scratch my head. All right, coming up on the show, we've got Drew Jones and John Thompson has all the motorsport. This whole Cameron Bancroft thing, Shane, it's turning into a, a circus. Look, he's come out and said that the bowlers knew about the sandpaper. Now, uh, the bowlers then came out with this quite emotional statement saying that they didn't. And now Cameron Bancroft looks like he's sort of got the beep, beep, the truck going backwards saying that he didn't quite say it. What do you make of it all? Well, I make that Cameron Bancroft is not too bright. I think we all know that. And, um, yeah, the fact that he's, he's said something now, he's now – Cricket Australia have said, well, mate, if you've got any new information, let us know. And he said, no, I don't. So I retract what I said, but I don't really retract it, right? It's it's just really weird. He should just be quiet. He's he's now Bernie's bridges, not only with um, – They'd be pissed off, wouldn't they? Wouldn't, they? wouldn't wouldn't his teammates? Like, man, how could you have him – would you have him back in a team? That 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 that's. I mean, what happens if he gets century after century? No, no way in the world he'll ever play for Australia again because yeah, you know, the way he's behaved, it just proves that the guy's not very smart. He doesn't think about what he's doing. He doesn't understand what his actions involve. And uh, not only has he burnt his position in the team, he's burnt a lot of mates too. I think. Yeah, it's it's a it's a story that's upset a lot of people. Uh, Cameron yep. Bancroft, of course, coming out in that article the other day saying that everyone knew, including the bowlers and everything that's happened since. Okay, we watch that space, but we've got plenty of other stuff to talk about, including all the latest in the AFL. What about that Collingwood dressing room? Drew Jones from Fox Sports News is next. Well, this is a cracking story, isn't it? It's split right in half the AFL community about what's happening with Jordan Dugowie. Um It's cracked a lot of people up. Uh, Drew, what's going on? I wish, I wish I was better prepared with the jokes that, that clearly you guys have planned. At least buy him a drink first. Come on. Oh, I, This is an interesting you're, you're one. A bit, you're a bit behind on this story, but come on, go for it. <laughs> What a bum Jordan Dugowie is. <laughs> You're really trying to poke the bear. I understand that. Oh, you're yeah, coming good now. You're, you're coming right. good. Sorry, I needed a little moment just to, to get the brain going. So uh, no action being taken by the AFL here. Just, a, just a, I guess, a warning to remember to look after your uh, conduct when you're in the change rooms, but the cameras are on. Um, padding bums is not uh, – it's not foreign to us when we've played sport in the past, but uh, to go, he probably took it a little bit too far with Isaac Quainer. They are good mates. and it's, uh, I understand it's a joke between the two of them, but firm but here that um, it's not it's not the sort of thing that I guess you want the kiddies to see um, on the broadcast. So, yeah, it's a tough one um, for the AFL um, and for Collingwood. Yeah, it, look at this, but it, yeah, it was harmless stuff. But, um, but big fallout at Collingwood. Another director's gone, mate, overnight. Yeah, so this is... This is not unexpected. So the vice president has gone by the wayside. Um, and I think even though Mark Corder was installed as president, there was no guarantees that everything was going to stay mm. 
sort of firm and as it was um, with Jeff Brown on the outside making a fair bit of noise. And I think that there's no doubt that Eddie Maguire is still in some way, shape or form having some influence as mm. to how mm. all the cards are going to settle and how they'll fall. Um, so, yeah, they're still, you know, watch this space with, with the Collingwood hierarchy. Um, the board has been fairly solid um, and the hierarchy has been fairly set since Eddie had been in charge. Um, but I guess 22 years is a long time. Um, and now with potential change, um, we might see a little bit more of this. Now, the Melbourne Demons, let's get back to the dressing room because uh, we've, we've spoken about what happened at Collingwood, but uh, the Demons, look, they can't do anything wrong on the field. little bit of drama with their young player being drowned in milk, and there's all sorts of ceremonial things that happen with young players when they come into footy clubs, but um, uh, they've copped a bit of stick for this, Drew. Yeah, well, boys, I think after my first win in my Amos career, I got beer thrown on me. So Exactly. So milk yeah, is an interesting one. Uh, Who cares? Like, whatever. Milk's a bad choice when you're hot, as we know from Ron Burgundy. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> normally we go, yeah, so the Gatorade thing, I guess, is replaced beer. Uh, and then, obviously, the Melbourne players have, have grabbed the protein shakes, which are also accessible in the change rooms there. And perhaps uh, milk in the eyes, along with Gatorade, probably with some Blood, sweat, and tears. Also, not ideal cocktail. So Petrarca got the, the the water out to help wash it out of his face. So maybe a bit too far in terms of just hammering the, the poor young bloke. I, I think some of the backstory here you need to be aware of is that Kay Chandler has had been the medical sub three times, but had never come onto the ground. Mm-hmm. But by AFL rules, he's actually credited with those games and those wins. So he'd, he'd never really won a game because he'd never come on. But theoretically, according to the AFL, he had. So I think there was a, sort of a bit of a an over-celebration because of the fact that he finally got a chance to actually experience yeah, but, the win. But Drew, like, let's, like, we're going to stop even talking about this sort of stuff because the boys are celebrating. It's obviously his first win. Yeah, they're excited. We used to throw beer over our head, you know, Gatorade, whatever you want to call it, bit of milk. Who cares? Let's move on. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like the boys are celebrating. If we're going to keep talking about this stuff, take the cameras out of the change rooms because if we're going to analyse every little um, antic that happens in a change room, well, then you can always find something wrong. But, you know, the guys have a bit of fun. They've had a great win. They're having a great season. Let's move on. Yeah, I know. But, but you know, look, it's, 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 it is the world we're living in, though. It's like it is the world we're living in. There are cameras everywhere. There are mm. Uber drivers that want to hear your story. And, look, so you've just got to be careful. Yeah, it's hard. Not that, this is, not, that this is a, not that this is a punishable by, you know, four years internment. Mm. But, but it's just, just there are, you're not going to get the cameras out of anywhere. Players often say that their favourite time and and Shane you can attest to this is you know and, and I guess all of us having played sport is that that 10 15 minutes after you've got the win is almost the best time of the week so yeah, big time. I'm, I'm in favor of allowing the players to pretty much yeah. do whatever they want in that time and the cameras make it a little bit harder um, but I think we need to cut them a bit of slack. It's milk. Taylor Swift would say, "Shake it off." You know, let's move on. Oh, I'd love to see. <laughs> I'd love to see six and out come back and do a version of that. Um, now, 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 Geelong. They. We, I've been chatting with a number of people, and Corey said it on this show. Corey McKernan drew. Um, look, they sold the farm virtually to get this star-studded Broadway act of a football team. Is it? Is it uh, sort of premiership or bust for them uh, this year? Yeah, that, I think that's the perception out from the outside is that when you load up your team with older 
players, which they have in Isaac Smith and, and Sean Higgins. And then obviously they traded away three first round draft picks to get Jeremy Cameron. You know, you, you're all in, like the chips are all in the table, all on the table. Joel Selwood's, you know, getting older and as their skipper and various other players, Tom Hawkins um, and some of their defenders are getting on as well. So you know, it's, it's now or never, you know, it's got to happen soon because they can eventually, if it's not this year, maybe next year, then a few of those older players start to get towards, you know, going over the cliff or having to retire. So, so it seems as though that they're starting to get themselves into a good position. They're six and three, you know, they're in the top four and they're playing better football. It's more cohesive and they've got Patrick Danger to come back from injury in the second half of the years. Drew, always good to chat, mate. And uh, yep. Yeah. As we say here on Afternoon Sport, keep your milk in the fridge, mate, not in your head. Thanks, mate. Okay, thanks, boys. Take care. (laughs) Coming up on Afternoon Sport, it's all the latest in Formula One, MotoGP. It's John Thompson. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport. Whatever moves you. Okay, well, Jack Miller, he's just been having a woeful season. John Thompson said he doesn't know how to ride his bike on tyres. And oh, oh no, actually, he's won his last two Moto GPs. John Thompson, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> but Tomo, that, that, that's Don't write me down as a tipster. No, but that's two in a row. He's actually on fire, isn't he? Yeah, he's moved up to fourth in the in the championship chain. Wow. He's only 16 points off Fabio Quattararo, who finished second at uh, Le Mans last weekend. Um, the two French riders finishing second and third. So they couldn't uh, – a French MotoGP rider has never won the Moto uh, the French MotoGP. So uh, incredible. And, and Jack Miller did a great job in what were really testing conditions. Um, it started dry, then it started to rain. They came in and swapped bikes. Uh, Jack Miller almost dropped it in the sand pit. He went over the pit speed limit, so he had to do two uh, longer laps. They've got a, a oh. cutout sort of thing on the side of the track where they mean they have to go a longer lap. So he did that, and he still won the race um, in in fantastic style, and he's uh, really got to grips with this Ducati bike. And next out, they go to Mugello in Italy for Ducati's home Grand Prix. So let's hope that uh, he, he performs woefully there as well. <laughs> well, well said. Makes it a hat-trick. Yeah, I have fielded phone calls from both Trent Barrett at the Bulldogs and Nathan Buckley at Collingwood. They said, can you get John Thompson to write us off on afternoon sport, please, <laughs> if he can? Now, Daniel well, Ricciardo. I remember about MotoGP2 yeah. is the Moto2s. Um, mm. Remy Gardner now leads the championship after taking second at Le Mans last weekend uh, to his teammates. So um, Remy Gardner in hot form. And um, let's hope that uh, we might potentially have a winner of MotoGP and a Moto2 winner this year. Long way to go. Only five races into a 20-race championship. But um, let's keep our fingers crossed. Oh, absolutely. The son of the Wollongong whiz. Now, uh, they're changing their livery, McLaren. Um, interesting, this one, ahead of Monaco. Now, Daniel Ricciardo has a great record in this particular Grand Prix. Uh, will the change your colours change the fortunes for them? Well, look, Monaco is a really interesting track because it's so different. You know, it's, it's a specialty track for Daniel Ricciardo. He can really extract a lot out of the car. He started to get on top of the car at Catalonia um, a fortnight ago. And, you know, this is a, a one-off livery change for McLaren. It's like a retro round, if you like, for McLaren. 
you're using the the golf racing oil colours, um, the colours made famous by Steve McQueen in the movie Le Mans back mm. in the 60s, mm. pale Absolutely. blue and orange. And um, uh, it's really captured all of the publicity leading into the Monaco Grand Prix. Everywhere has been the images of uh, the, the recoloured McLaren and the drivers, Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo in the new suits. So, if anything, um, you know, they've got sort of a morale boost and um, – I don't know that's going to actually change the performance of the car. I still think the, McLaren, the Mercedes will dominate, and uh, but I think McLaren's going to be there. It's a, it's a track that equals thing, equals things out, a slow speed track rather than a high speed track. And um, as I say, Daniel Ricciardo's won there before, so he knows how to do it there. Let's hope that uh, that he performs woefully there as well. <laughs> and wh- why do you think that he actually performs well there? What what is it about the track that is it just the area that he likes? Is it is it hard to overtake there? What's what's the story? He's very precise, Shane. He's yep. such a precise racer. And to get the most out of your car at Monaco, you've really got to shave the Armco barriers, you know, with cigarette papers between you and the car. Gotcha. Um, you've really got to push to the absolute limit. There's no margin for error. And Daniel Ricciardo seems to thrive in that environment. Mm. Mm, yeah, well, we wish him all the very, very best for Monaco. It's go, go, go in Monaco, as Murray Walker used to say. Uh, now, what about you? You're up at your truck show in Brisbane, eating at Cha Cha Cha's with your medium rare steak, and you were staying in the same hotel as your mighty manly rugby league team. Were you fangirling down in reception? Well, I think my wife was actually. Uh, no, <laughs> I got a phone call at the truck show on. Um, on uh, Thursday, and uh, my wife said, "You're not going to believe this, but the Manly team's staying at our hotel." <laughs> as I li- as I live and breathe. <laughs> did you have your football boots on, Tomo, in the, in the foyer? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I, I did notice though, uh, Turbo Tom Trebarovich in a very family oriented moment. He was um, he was nursing Jason Saab's young baby. Jason Saab was there with his wife, and uh, it was. Uh, a very different image to what you, you uh, most people see of uh, NRL players. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been destroying people on the field. I've just got this image of you with electric tape around your head and an old sort of predominantly maroon jersey with the headgear and the <laughs> mouth guard and the boots, Vaseline on your knees, ready to go. Just just quickly before we leave, back to motorsport for a sec. There, there's the subplot story going with the supercars of. How are these cars going to be next year? Um, what, are, what are your thoughts? Of course, Holden phased out. What happens? Well, at the moment, they're looking like they're going to use the uh, Chevrolet Camaro panel. So um, although the Chevrolet Camaro is not sold here at the moment, um, it is sold in the States. Um, so the, the cars that are, you know, teams that are General Motors oriented at the moment will use Camaro panels next year. So it'll be Camaro versus Mustang. It's not an ideal situation. I'm not sure. I really don't know how supercars are going to get them out, get themselves out of this and, and sort of move forward. There's not a lot of manufacturer interest. Um, they probably hitched their boat to the V8 theme for too long, uh, mm. even though they did have Nissan and, and Volvo and, and sort of Mercedes in there for a while. Um, I'm not sure they're going to have to really revise the whole situation, I think, over time and um, and look to a different sort of formula of racing because mm. realistically there's not a lot of manufacturers making V8s anymore. The world's changed and we're moving to low emission, low capacity, high efficiency engines. And um, although we like to see that even in Formula One, we've got, you know, we've got one and a half litre uh, turbocharged V6 
hybrid engines. Mm. And in in um, supercars, we've got five litre V8s that no one runs. So mm. if they want manufacturer support, they're going to have to change dramatically. And I'm yep. not sure how they're going to do that. Yep. Interesting times in the world of motorsport here in this country. John Thompson, I uh, will let you get back to uh, putting that uh, picture book of the Manly Sea Eagles from 1947 on. Uh, and uh, we'll chat next time. Good on you guys. See ya. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Take care, mate. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Follow us on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today to John Thompson and to Drew Jones and our wonderful sponsors, Shader. Yeah, great sponsors, www.spartansportshq.com. And the great man, our producer, Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.